Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions and provides unbiased answers. Invest Talk, over 31 million downloads and counting. I wanted to get your opinion on ticker symbol. I just really like it as a long term play. I uh, appreciate the show, appreciate all the knowledge. Thanks, guys. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99 Chart. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021 edition of Invest Talk. I appreciate you all tuning in this hour, and I'm going to do my best to make this hour productive for you. And the way I do that is by operating with my mission statement, which is independent thinking and shared success. I'm not here to bang whistles or bang bells and, and, and blow whistles. I'm here to give you facts and perspective and data that will help you make better decisions with your money, both from the investment standpoint as well as a savings standpoint. Both are very, very important. I know we talk a lot about investing, but we try to give you a broad picture as well. Investing is the most interesting, but saving is vital also. So when I'm talking about anything money related on this show, I'm going to give it all to you without bias. Talk about individual stock, a mutual fund, an ETF, a strategy, an asset class, whatever it is, I'm here to give you the facts that I see in front of me using all the data that we pay for and I pull up, as well as my 20 plus years of investment experience. Now, I'm Justin Klein. Of course, we encourage you to contact us with your finance and investment questions. And when you do that, you get to shape this show. So please call now and interact with us during our live stream program from 4 to 5 Pacific time. Or if you're listening after hours, no worries. You can just leave a message on our Invest Talk voice bank. Either way, the number is always 888 chart So let's head to our first listener question now. Hi, this is Roger from Fremont. I have a question regarding Enbridge, ticker symbol ENB. I have a position in it, and I was wondering if I should hold on to it. It gives a good dividend, but the payout ratio seems to be a little high. And it's been in the news lately, and it's a midstream oil company. And love your show. Thank you. All right, this is Enbridge, pretty large company, $80 billion market cap. That means it's large, <laughs> 7% dividend yield. He is right. The payout ratio is a bit high and probably not sustainable at these levels longer term. But they've been doing this for a while where they've been paying out a high percentage of their cash flow and their dividends. And that has created a a balance sheet that uh, does have some leverage to it, but it's not too bad. They do produce consistent cash flows, so that's positive. And longer term, their return equity kind of ranges around 10% is probably the average over the last decade, which is not fantastic, I will say that. Uh, that would worry me kind of the most is that they're not that profitable longer term. Now, this is in the oil patch, 
And what they do is they have midstream assets, meaning that they transport hydrocarbons across the U.S. and in Canada. So they transport oil sands from Canada. And if oil continues to kind of grind higher, those oil sands become more profitable and their business will be more profitable. So that's certainly, there's some leverage there to the price of oil more than your normal oil producer. They also move a lot of natural gas and that's good, especially if we are moving to a more electrified energy grid and transportation system with a lot of electric cars, the demand for natural gas will go up. And so I kind of like this business. They have some renewable uh, portfolio as well, onshore and offshore wind projects. So it's in the energy space and the energy space is doing well. The big question is, what's going to happen with the ESG side? Are they going to be a casualty? from that side where they're going to be forced to invest more and more in green energy and limit their uh, exposure to the oil and natural gas space. So I think shorter term, say medium term, the next few years, I kind of like this name. Now short term, it probably does need a pullback. It is looking a bit weak. The whole oil patch I think needs a bit of a pullback, but that's a pullback I'd be buying. Is this my favorite name in the space? Probably not, uh, but it's a solid company. And I like the midstream where they're transporting a lot of these products. So I like the name, just not my favorite. My focus point today is centered on this question. How could a change in required 401k withdrawals age trigger benefit you? So we're going to talk about a potential new change. I know we just had a change in the RMD, but this could change once again. And it could change your plan in retirement. So we're going to touch on that. Also, inflation we know is going up, but how much is this base effects and how much will it moderate, right? Well, how much will inflation moderate once we get past the second and third quarter into probably the fourth quarter, which would be a more normal comparison where the economy was back to pretty normal levels in the fourth quarter of last year, and that will be a better understanding. So if we're going to look at pre-pandemic uh, costs and look at the inflation rate based on all of that. And yeah, that's what uh, I have on my docket. But ultimately, I want to hear what's on your mind. Okay, so give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, the S&P was down slightly today, four and a half points, so modest down day there. You had the Russell that was up barely, seven and a half points there. So, and then you look at the NASDAQ, COMPQ, that was up 18 points, very, very modest update there. So very, very mixed bag. If you look at the NYSE, NYA, which is the, a very broad index, that was down 11 points. So about one-tenth of 1%. Very, very modest down day in the market. And it was mainly kind of near the end of the day. So we had that bounce on Monday, on Tuesday, and today was kind of a pause day, an indecision day in the market, and trying to figure out, okay, what is the next step? What is going to be the next narrative that the market starts to price in. A lot of that will depend on what Fed policy will be. And 
really hanging on the words of different Fed presidents that are making speeches because this is going to be an indication of what the next phase transition will be for the economy and for Fed policy. So we're going to uh, continue to monitor that. I'll keep you updated and the market's going to speak to you on what impact any change in policy will have as well as what the economy will do in the back half of the year. This is the start. This is the start. The, 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 the inflation trade is behind us. The reopening trade is behind us. Remember, the market always looks forward. It's not looking in the rearview mirror. It's not even looking really at today. It's looking, okay, what's going to happen three, six, nine months down the line? And what will companies in the marketplace benefit based on that future economic reality? Okay? So that's where we're at right now. We're in this transition phase, and that could mean a, a larger pullback. That could also mean just a consolidation period for another move higher. Both are certainly possible, and we're going to keep you abreast of that. Now we're heading into a break. The Invest Talk phone lines are open and waiting for your questions. Give us a call now at 888 99Chart. Look at the calendar. Summer is here. The market's been exhibiting volatility, so investors are exposed to vulnerability. But you can implement strategies to better protect your portfolio. Justin Klein is here now, and he's ready for your finance and investment questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Duncan from New York. Thank you for everything. My quick question for today is, I have a question about stock splits and their PE ratios. I know that there is a mathematical formula to figure out the price per earnings, but if a stock, for example, TTD Trade Desk, it just did a stock split, and I'm just wondering if I did the price per earnings ratio before and then did it after the stock split what would would there be like a huge difference? I'm just uh, a little confused on that and just looking for um, you know some insight. Thank you very much and have a great day. Bye. Good question. And the answer is there's no tra there's no change at all. A stock split does not change the valuation that a company trades at on the marketplace. It is exactly the same. All you're doing is cutting the price in let's see what is uh, ten for one on Trade Desk for example. So this price went from, I'm just going to use based on today's number. I don't, I don't want to go back to the stock split, which is a few days ago. But today it closed at 65.39. If it didn't have that stock split, it would be at $650 and, uh, whoa, yeah, $654, excuse me, about $654. Okay. So, that that's all it is. It's just a change in the price. It's moving a decibel, decimal in this case, just one over. And all that does is adds another zero on the number of shares outstanding as well. And so when you're calculating, when you're looking at price to earnings, a PE ratio is the price is trading at now, in this case $65.39, and dividing it by the earnings per share. So when you do a stock split, you're adding another zero in this case. Sometimes it's three for one. This one is 10 to one. And 
all you're doing is adding a zero and therefore the earnings per share that you're dividing that price by that moves over a decimal place as well so it's exactly the same a lot of people a lot of new investors get this wrong they don't understand it and it's super simple the reason companies typically do it is they say they want to appeal to more investors and it's true a lot of average investors they see a stock price trading for $650 a share and they say that's expensive well guess what you do a 10 for 1 split now it's saying trading at 65 they'll say oh it's cheap now it's $65 a share that's cheap uh-uh it's the exact same so don't get duped into this stock split thing focus on the fundamentals and stock splits ultimately don't matter now, my main focus point today is centered on this question. How could a change in required 401k withdrawal age trigger benefit you? Now, most individuals take more than the required minimum distribution. And this applies to IRAs as well. So for everyone out there, 79.5%, according to IRS, take out more than their RMD each year, meaning they need more than their required minimum distribution. And so this shouldn't affect a whole lot of people because they're going to take that money out anyway because they need it. But about 20.5% of those who take money out of their 401ks or IRAs when after they hit the RMD age limit, they're taking it out because they just have to. They don't need to. Now, the 2019 Secure Act raised the age from 70.5 to 72 but a current proposal going going through Congress right now could start that age at 75 by 2032. And it's kind of a good thing. Gives you more time to tax plan. I always say this, this is this there's a crucial time between the time somebody retires and their RMD rate. Because what happens is you have this time period where you're probably not making a lot of money. You just retired. You're not earning. Okay? And you're in a low tax bracket. So if you can do some Roth conversions in that time and and lock in that low tax rate, that can definitely help your effective tax rate on the money taking out of your 401ks and your IRA. So it's definitely something everybody should focus on with their CPA. Now, how do you calculate an RMD? Typically, what the current age is, let's say you're 75 and your life expectancy, however many years that is. So at 75, it's roughly 23 years. And you divide that by the number, the, the balance at the end of the previous year in your 401k or IRAs, and that's how much you have to take out. Thank you for listening to Invest Talk. We have now surpassed 33 million downloads. So thank you for that great news. And after the break, we'll go straight to another caller question at 888 chart Tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk podcast downloads. Let them know they can choose an episode that covers their topic of interest. For example, browse by episode title for potential questions and answers on 401ks, cryptocurrency, treasury yields, real estate investing, commentary on growth stocks, listener stock picks, and more. Download free anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or investtalk.com.
Hey guys, I'm calling about stock ticker FSR. It's Fisker Incorporated. It's a uh, SPAC EV stock. Very speculative. No earnings. It's all about the future with this one. But this is a, a big gamble of mine. And this is what I what I've decided to not play it safe with. They have deals in place with Foxconn and Magna. And they seem to have a very good team with uh, Bill McDermott, the CEO of uh, ServiceNow, who has a lot of ties to Apple. And I really think that they have a real chance to be a big player in the field and uh, get a big share of the market. But I'm wondering what you guys think. FSR, Fisker, Incorporated. They've been beat up pretty bad, but right now they're right about my cost average, which is, uh, I think, 18 at the time of calling. Thanks. I'll be listening. All right, looking at Fisker, and this company looks like it has despacked to the symbol of FSR. And this company that went bankrupt a long time ago, they actually are located, their headquarters are here uh, locally in Southern California, Manhattan Beach. And there was a big dealership in Newport Beach. I had a friend that was looking at buying one as well. So uh, I've, I've looked at their, their products. They're pretty good. But it's also a, a company that is is very new uh like you said it's a lot about the story and it's an industry that is very competitive even with a handful of players in the ev space right now that is growing we know that with volkswagen and all their sub brands and uh they're ramping up production we know uh the fords and gms of the world are also focusing there so the industry is going to get a lot more competitive so that's why, to me, this wouldn't be a great long-term play because I just don't think that Fisker has the the might to compete with uh, those other players. Now, in the near term, the chart looks fine. Like you said, it's uh, it's been consolidating here around the the eighteen nineteen dollar area. It was up nicely today, dollar sixty two to nineteen dollars and twenty seven cents. That was almost over nine percent for the day. Uh, and it looked like it could. It looks like it could rally again to the highs you saw in February and March, and that was around thirty dollars a share. So there's definitely technical upside here, but I just don't love it from a long-term perspective because they have a history of, of struggling financially. And although EVs are going to gain, continue to gain more adoption, it's still a single-digit percentage of the overall car market and will be for a number of years. And a lot of that's going to be eaten up by the bigger players that can produce at scale efficiently and really really have historic uh, expertise in manufacturing. Like you said, we're partnering with a manufacturer like a, uh, like a Foxconn. And so they're more of a designer, a marketer, et cetera. And to me, that's just not strong enough to a uh, place to be in this market. Now let's head over to Nebraska and talk with Nick. He wants advice for an 18 year old. Are you 18, Nick? No. So my son just turned 18. Got it. Okay. And, uh, and with my limited, uh, financial experience, I guess, or at least, you know, in the markets and things like that, um, I gave him $500 for his birthday and told him to set up a Roth IRA um, and pretty much said, you know, to start out to, you know, put it in the S&P 500 in, a, in a, an ETF. Uh, but I wanted to see what your guys, like, number one bit of advice would be, like, if, you know, 
get a different perspective, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think that's a great start. That's a great start, giving him some money, putting the Roth IRA, uh, pushing him out there and to, to take some uh, some risks to make some decisions. And my St- Steve and I, I think, uh, differ a bit on this. I'm a bigger fan of him going out and buying individual stocks of companies that he knows and he understands because I think he's going to learn a lot more and he's going to get more interested than if he just owns some S&P index fund. Yes, you get broad diversification, uh, but to me, he's young. He can take risks if he buys you know, a handful of companies and a couple of them go bust. You know, he learns smart lessons to avoid certain types of companies, speculative companies, and focus more on the companies that have stability and strong future. And he'll learn a lot more lesson, lessons that way, and he will uh, get more excited uh, to invest and save in the future, in my mind. So I think that's the better lesson that I would try to teach him is to go out there, buy the companies you love, you learn, you, you know about, and then continue to learn, give him books, give him, uh, content, you know, everything's, uh, everything's online now. And so whether that's videos, whether that's a podcast like this one or, or many others that are great out there, uh, those are things that can push him to, uh, learn a little bit more about the investment world, uh, and make better decisions as you go along. Cause this is a process. This is not something that she's going to learn overnight. Make sense, Nick? All right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate the call, and good luck to you and your son. Now, in the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline. Sales of newly built homes have dropped to their lowest pace in a year. Considering the backstory effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, new home sales are still 9.2% above where they were a year ago. That story we're going to unpack tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart The prosperous future you envision for yourself and your family will not happen without strategic planning and definitive action. I'm in my early 20s and I'm thinking of doing something that every article I read says not to. For the unprepared investor, Market volatility around the world demonstrates risk. I noticed it took quite a fall. But opportunities wait for no one. And now may be the best time in years to invest wisely. We got a lot of things cooking out there that we that the market has to think about. To invest strategically. It needs to consolidate. To prevail, serious investors need a balanced combination of realistic market education and unbiased guidance. KPP Financial Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Listen live or download the free podcast. The stock market is volatile, it's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. Now let's touch on inflation. And we know that in the inflation numbers have 
come out pretty hot. And a lot of that has to do with the base effects. A lot of, a lot of areas of the economy were struggling in the second quarter of last year. We know that. And therefore, it was a big deflationary force. And then we've reversed that dramatically with a lot of fiscal spending. And now we have a strong inflationary force. But what happens if you look past that pre-pandemic and you look, say, two years ago in the second quarter? What would inflation look like today? Well, the headline number is about 5% year over year. But if you go two years ago, it's about two and a half percent. So it is above the Fed's inflation target. But we also know that the Fed has been saying, hey, we're okay with inflation running hot for a bit to have it average 2% over a period of time. And that's basically the Fed saying, we're going to inflate our way out of this debt. That's what they want. It's what they need. It's the only way out. This is the part of the end of the long-term debt cycle. And so while they might speak a big game, while they might talk about raising rates in a couple of years, tapering asset purchases, they're unlikely to do a whole lot. And that means inflation is likely to stay persistently high. Now, those those 5% numbers are unlikely to stay. And there's some... Reverse base effects, for example, groceries. Grocery demand was very high in the second quarter of last year. And so inflation there peaked at 5.6% in June of last year when all you could do to eat was go to the grocery store. Well, now it's at 0.7%. So you see those reverse base effects. But there's still tight supply of a lot of things. For example, the chip shortage. That has had a ripple effect throughout the car industry, for example. And pre-owned vehicles are up 29.7% year over year, but still up 13.7% from pre-pandemic levels. So high, but not quite as high as those headline numbers. Rental car rates, same thing. Those rental car companies cut back on their, their, their fleets and investing in their fleets. That means that the cost to rent a car is 30% higher from pre-pandemic levels. So there are some areas where it's still, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, inflation built into the supply chain or supply of certain things. Also, airlines. Airline ticket prices up 24% in May from a year ago, but down 6% from the pre-pandemic level. So there's still... That's actually still down from where we were before. Another part, lodging. Lodging is actually 9% higher year over year, but down 3.8% from pre-pandemic levels. So it's kind of a mixed bag when you start to look past those transitory effects. And if you look at the G7, the large countries, we have the highest inflation. Why? Because we've had the strongest fiscal stimulus response. And that just goes to show you, when the government goes and spends, they can create inflation, especially when you put the money in the hands of people who have a high marginal propensity to spend, those in the middle and lower class. Now, let's keep things moving so you can get the most out of this hour. 
and we can go back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier from a listener in Canada on 888 chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, good evening. This is Sid from Ontario, Canada. I have a question regarding and X Lexin FinTech Holdings, currently at $12.85. Its earnings and all of the numbers looks quite good and promising, and I'm thinking of getting this into my portfolio for long term. Can you please give me your uh, feedback on this one? Thank you so much. I will listen to your answer in the next podcast. Bye. All right, looking at uh, Lexin FinTech Holdings, and this is a Chinese company, and we all know Chinese companies, they're, they're very, they're not very opaque. And it's hard to really understand uh, the, the numbers and trust the numbers. So we know that. And this is in the world of consumer financing, peer-to-peer -peer lending. And this is an industry that has been fraught with a lot of problems over the long term. A lot of fraud and, and bankruptcies, and uh, it's just a very weird place uh, within the Chinese uh, economy. And that's why I, I just don't love this, this name. Um, historically, this is not a, a company that's really done a whole lot. Uh, the price since its IPO in 2018 is still down. Even though they made a dollar sixty-eight and eighteen, um, only sixty-seven cents net last year, dollar ninety-two expected this year, and two dollars and thirty-four cents next year, but the stock is going nowhere. And to me, this is kind of a red flag that it's trading at multiples of eight times, and the stock price is very volatile. Once again, it's in China in the peer-to-peer -peer lending space, and just not an area that I would feel comfortable investing in. So I'm definitely passing on LX, Lexin Fintech Holdings. Now we thank you for listening to Invest Talk. So let's pivot now to a caller question from New Jersey. Hello, this is Raphael from Jersey. Just calling about Jazz Pharmaceuticals, J-A-Z-Z. -Z. I think it might be a good buy. I wanted to get you guys' opinion. The buyout of GW Pharma is complete. PEG is under 0.7, forward PE under 10, and an expected five-year CAGR just south of 30%. What is your guys' opinion on Jazz Pharma? Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right, this is Jazz Pharmaceuticals, and this was a big, booming stock in the early 2010s. It went from basically a penny stock in 2009 to $190 a share in 2015. So in six years, it just exploded. And it's basically been consolidating sideways since. Back then, in 2016, they were they made $10.14 a share. And then growth suddenly slowed pretty dramatically. They did make about $15 and change in 2019, but only $12.46 last year and about $15 expected this year. So... A lot of that growth was priced in, and now it's kind of uh, it's consolidated. And like you said, the valuation is pretty modest, trading at 11, 12 times forward earnings, which is pretty cheap from that perspective. And revenues continue to grow in the mid-teens, trailing uh, the last three quarters. So that's a positive. 
Let's look at the longer term profitability here. Return on equity over the last decade, right around the 20% on average range, which I really like. Uh, a good balance sheet, which I also like. All-time high in free cash flow, trailing 12 months. That I like. They've been buying back shares since 2015 from 63 million uh, outstanding to 57 million currently. So not a huge buyback, but consistent. And that's where they're allocating a lot of their capital and their free cash flow. So I like that. I, I like uh, the, the fundamental trends here. I'm not too familiar with their actual underlying products. They are uh, domiciled in Ireland. So there is some risk when it comes to uh, their tax, you know, if there's some sort of global tax agreement, which I don't probably don't think there is going to be, but um, that's something to uh, consider. And they're mainly treating sleep disorders uh, and neuroscience uh, technology is what they uh, invest in and what their products are, are designed for. So I kind of like this. I, I, I like uh, the, the fundamentals. Um, I like the, the industry as a whole, and it's pulled back to solid support here. So I'm going to give this a thumbs up. Jazz Pharmaceuticals, J-A-Z-Z. -Z. Now let's make it a triple play. Three questions in a row. This came in earlier on 888.99 chart. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Bennett from Georgia. I'm just calling to ask some thoughts on what I should do at 18 years old. I have about six grand in the market right now and not really sure what first steps I should take. If you had any thoughts or ideas, that'd be great. Thank you. The caller earlier and focus on investing in companies that are that you understand, that you know, that gets you excited, that you use. And start there and then look at the industry. Understand the com other companies within the, within the industry, the pros and cons. And that will start your learning process to understand not just businesses, but business models and industries as a whole. The good thing in today's market is commissions are, are basically free. Back in the day, when you only had $6,000, for example, and you wanted to go buy uh, let's say you want to buy Amazon, $3,000 a share. Buy one share, that's half your portfolio. And you pay a $12 commission, both in and out. That can be a large percentage of your overall assets. Now you can buy fractional shares. Now their commissions are free. So it's definitely, for the small investor, the current environment is more beneficial and easier to create diversification, to uh, manage a portfolio, because you don't have to worry about those commissions. And data is a lot easier to find. So building your database of, of data that you can utilize to make better decisions. And that's finding different websites, different uh, resources that you can gather the right information from. And that's what we're here to help you do is try to give you at least some information should not be the only this should not be the only place that you come for information on the markets if you're doing this yourself. Thanks for the call and good luck. Now, we are moving closer and closer to the end of the second quarter. And officially summer has already started on Monday. And I'm excited for 4th of July. I don't know about you, but this summer is going to be interesting.
It's going to be an interesting summer with a lot, lot more volatility than you've seen over the past uh, six months or so. And that's why it's important for you to be ready, to be prepared for what is coming and have maybe fresh eyes on your portfolio. And if you want myself or Steve to take a look at that, I encourage you to reach out to us at KPP Financial and we can do a free portfolio review checkup via telephone or go to meetings. Or you can, you can send us a message through investtalk.com or you can give our office a call at 800-557-5461. We'd love to help you in any way we can, whether that's just giving you some broad advice to pointing you in the right direction. Maybe that's managing a whole portfolio using our parallel investing strategies and investing the way we are for our own clients. So we want to help you and we encourage you to reach out if you have any questions at all. It could be small, it could be big. Give us a call. Next up, another unbiased answer to a listener question. We will play that question in one minute. There is good news for loyal InvestTalk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. Been listening for a while and have got some great advice. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the InvestTalk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. Hi, guys. Big fan of the show. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. I think for like the next 10 years, commodities are going to be doing very well. It's in the money. You probably just want to sell it. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. Absolutely love your show. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Um, yes, I was hoping to get your insight on a company called Camores ticker symbol CC. I've been using the dollar cost averaging strategy and investing in them for about a few months now. I've had some pretty good returns. They look like they have some pretty good earnings. I'm increasing that. And I like the, the chemical space that they're in. They also dabble in mining as far as rare earth elements, which seem to be a pretty pretty hot market right now. Um, I just kind of wanted to get your insight on this company and just kind of let me know if I, if I made a good pick or not. So I'll wait to hear your answer. Thanks. All right, this is Camores, Chamores, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I believe I remember this is a spinoff, was it from Dow Chemical? One of the big chemical companies, and they are still a large company, even though they were a spinoff, and they are a provider of all types of specialty chemicals, uh, industrial applications, titanium technologies, uh, they produce white pigments, for paint and things like that. So uh, they're fairly well diversified, but they're very cyclical. And historically, their business ebbs and flows with the overall economy. 2011, they did about $8 billion in revenue. That fell to 5.4 in 2016. And now it's only 5.1 trailing 12 months, but was pre-pandemic at about uh, 5.5. So it's, it's a business that is definitely up and down. And you have to be prepared for that. And you have to understand the cyclicality of that. They pay a dividend. And it's currently about 3%. When they were spun off, I, I think they were, they were pretty highly leveraged. Uh, they've worked that leverage down, uh, but not to a safe level. Um, you know, near term, I still kind of like it. 
because it's cyclical and the economy continues to grow. Uh, but I don't like the longer term up and down profitability metrics and uh, this the, the business being so volatile. So I'm going to pass on Gamors. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your call after this final break at 888 chart. The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi guys, this is Patrick in Marietta. I'm calling about ticker symbol DSX, Diana Shipping, with you guys' thoughts on commodities and looking at what they ship, like iron ore and things like that, and the cost of shipping going up. I thought this might be a good idea. I got about a third of a position in it now, wondering if I should pick more up. Thanks. All right, looking at Diana Shipping, and this is a company that's gone through giant booms and busts, 2006 or seven, shall I say? Yeah, 2006, it bottomed around $10, hit a high of $42, then cratered when kind of the commodity sector uh, had the big bust uh, pro around uh, the financial crisis, and it, it hung around uh, the single digits for a long period of time, and hit a low, during the pandemic of a dollar and change, and now we're at $5.32. Expect to make $1.36 next year, and this is all in the back of, like you said, very strong shipping rates and uh, high demand for moving the raw commodities. But this is a business that's always up and down. 2016, they lost $2.18 a share, made four cents in 2019, lost 40 cents last year, expect to make 35 cents this year, and then $1.36 next year, like I said. So, this is not a long-term hold. This is strictly a momentum play. And so the momentum is strong. It's consolidating here around the, the 525 range. And I see no reason why that's going to not continue higher for some period of time. Now, when this reverses, it will reverse fast, swift, and uh, your position, you, you should have a tight stop, basically, because you could lose all your profits very quickly because of the volatility of this space. Uh, but this is also a good indicator that this whole inflation scare from, or deflation scare, I guess you would say, uh, from last week is not being reflected in a lot of uh, the market. If there was really some scare that the, the Fed is going to pull the rug out from under the economy by raising rates or tapering too fast, companies like this would be going down fast. Uh, and really, this just had a modest pullback and this has been consolidating over the past week or so. So it's a momentum play. And under you have to understand that. And if you do see the economy slowing dramatically, not like uh, modestly, which is what you're going to see uh, in the second half of the year, then that's when you need to get out. When you see the whites of the eyes of a potential inflation going forward, and this will be a good indicator of that, of whether that is coming. And I would just have a tighter stop using that 50-day moving average. It tested that back in April-May timeframe and successfully moved much higher. And so that's what I would use as you're out. Uh, but if you want the momentum play, this is a good one. But no, that's all it is. It's not a long-term hold. This is Invest Talk. Our phone lines never close, so please leave 
your investment questions anytime, 24-7. And let's grab another caller question at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve Justin. I was wondering if you could take a look at stock ticker C-O-R-E. Love the show. Thanks. All right, this is Core Mark, and they distribute cigarettes, health and beauty products, and convenience stores. Okay, so it's a basically a convenience store company. They have 32 locations. Pretty small company overall, $2 billion market cap. Okay, so it's a wholesale distributor. That's what it is. Two convenience stores. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. So it's interesting. Yeah, basically here in the United States, going to benefit from money being given to middle and lower class because those are people that tend to shop more in convenience stores and they'll have more money in their pocket to, you know, buy that extra candy bar, buy that extra pack of cigarettes, whatever it is. And that's going to help core market and it has. And you see that with their, their business earnings last year, $1.65 expected to make $2.12 this year, $2.40 next year. Typically not a fast grower revenues in the low sing revenue growth in the low single digits, but their margins look like they're going up. So this is more of a play, continued play of, hey, more money being pumped into the hands of smaller uh, or lower income individuals. And so I kind of like it. I kind of like the trend here. Uh, I like the business. It's, uh, it's something that uh, I'd probably buy. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. I'm Justin Klein. Steve Pease and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads which they can get for free, as always, at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, and investtalk.com. So be sure to rate and review. You can browse by topic, could be 401k, cryptocurrency, real estate, um, consumer staples, technology stocks, whatever it is, we have a show that probably covers it. And you can search over there on investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461.